Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday. Hope you're having a great one out there. A lot of ground to cover between now and 3 p.m. It's the extended version of Inside Sources. Don't go anywhere. A lot, lots to talk about today. Uh, as we continue to break out and break down uh, not only what uh, happened in these tragic events in El Paso and Dayton, uh, obviously we're looking at how that Im- impacts things going on in Washington, how it affects the presidential campaign. Uh, and so very pleased to be joined by our good friend and uh, former regional campaign director uh, for the Obama campaign and former Army Ranger Robin Byro. Robin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, boy. It's always good to be with you. Oh, great! Great to get your perspective and insight. And uh, as uh, first, let me get you just some uh, some broad brush things uh, from you, Robin. As you've watched this play out uh, over the weekend and now early into the week, where the the shock and horror of it starts to to fade just a little bit. We start moving into this mourning period uh, with. Uh, a lot of uh, tributes and a lot of funerals uh, being planned and starting to happen. Uh, t- tell me what's uh, what's happening from your perspective. Uh, from my perspective, you know, my party is is has been come on. We've come under a lot of fire, uh, saying that you know, basically a lot of criticism for criticizing the president uh, and saying why don't we just do anything? And uh, so we've been very pointedly pointing out that. We have had pending legislation that passed the, the House that's been uh, languishing on Mitch McConnell's desk, uh, who proudly calls himself the Grim Reaper of any legislation right. from the Democratic Congress. Uh, so, you know, we're just trying to point out that we have tried to do our jobs here uh, and pass legislation like, you know, common sense gun reforms, which received wide bipartisan support. Uh, and other bills like nine bills aimed at um, veterans issues and four bills to uh, reduce prescription drug costs. So we're just trying to point out that we're getting stonewalled by Mitch McConnell and he's feeling the pressure. Uh, so I think that we might be breaking some, some headwinds there. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling he may buckle and start working with us, which I think Americans want and deserve. Yeah, exactly. And and just to be fair to Mitch McConnell, he, uh, he also uh, – Deep sixed as the Grim Reaper, uh, over seven hundred Republican bills when the Republicans were in charge yeah. of the House. So I think I think he's an equal opportunity submariner of uh, of good legislation. Uh, in fact, I, I do want you to respond to one thing that uh, Mitch McConnell uh, said, and I think this uh, plays to it. He says only serious bipartisan bicameral efforts will enable us to continue this important work and produce further legislation that can be passed by the Senate, passed by the House, and earn the president's signature. Partisan theatrics and campaign trail rhetoric will only take us farther away from the progress all Americans deserve. Uh, well, I understand why he said that. Uh, it's just what, I, what, I, what nobody can wrap our, our collective heads around are the, the bipartisan bills that, that 
I mean, 72% yeah. of Americans support background checks. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was, that received wide bipartisan support. So that would be the time to, to get that done. Uh, it would be good for him. It would be good for the Republican party. It would be good for Americans in general. So yeah, absolutely. none of us can really understand why he's not getting behind that specifically. Oh. I've, I've looked at that legislation. It's good legislation. The only thing that it, they do need to make one amendment to it, um, to protect uh, firearms that are passed down generationally through, mm. through families, because there is no protection for that in that bill, uh, and that's just. I, I looked at that with a Second Amendment attorney, and that's the one thing that it is lacking. Yeah. So. Oh, that's and that's a great point. I appreciate you uh, pointing that out. And again, that's another one of the weaknesses of Mitch McConnell is he doesn't like to have amendments on the floor because you know somebody might offer something he doesn't like, and it might actually get True. the votes to to get through. Let me ask you this, Robin. We. Uh, we at, uh, here in, in Utah and on the pages of the Deseret News this morning, uh, we we threw out a, our own challenge to Congress, and uh, I want to get your response to I this. I love that. <laughs> I read that article. Go ahead. So what do you think? Do you think we could get the vice president, Speaker Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, lock them in a room, say you've got 21 days, and if you can't figure this out in 21 days, you need to stand in front of your party and in front of the American people and say, we have failed as leaders and step down. Is that is that not a good solution for this thing? It's it's masterful. It's a wonderful idea. I wholeheartedly support that. Uh, for all of my past criticism of Nancy Pelosi specifically, she is good at working across the aisle and getting things done and getting the votes. Yeah. So I think... She would be a great one to bring to bring into that process. Mike Pence also has a good head on his shoulders, yeah. uh, as do the others. So I think that's a that's a great idea to get those. That's why I was happy to retweet that when I when you sent me the article. I was like, oh yeah, we need this. Uh, if you're just joining us, we have Robin Byro, uh, just a great Democratic strategist and uh, great thinker. Can see past the politics of it and get to the what's good for the country. And and Robin, I want to ask you one other. Uh, series of questions today uh because you you do have experience as a as a former army ranger uh you've seen you know tragedy and all of those things and i wanted to talk we're spending a little bit of the day today talking about this grieving process and you've certainly had to do that with some of your your friends and colleagues and comrades in arms uh as a ranger uh describe what that is like and and what's something that the the people of El Paso and the people of Dayton should know as they really, really just are beginning the grieving process? Uh, for most importantly is to talk to, to talk to somebody uh, and, and talk to your doctor. If you think that you're, you're getting too depressed, if it goes on for too long, uh, you're going to get into a period of um like pharmacological, you're, you're going to get into situational depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are prescriptions that can help you with that so that it doesn't become a big problem because you start worrying what, what so oftentimes we see after situations like this. Uh, you, saw it, you saw it after Parkland where some of the, the parents who survived their, son, their children's shootings ended up committing suicide. And that's yeah. because they fell into these deep depressions. Uh, so we're actually concerned about some of the surviving family members here uh, because it's, it's imperative that they get help, that they, that they get on antidepressants if they need whatever is going to help with the grieving process because you can't just tough it out uh, uh, because it could, it could 
get really bad for you uh, to the point where where something terrible might happen. To right. You. So uh, it's just super important to talk to somebody. Reach out if you haven't heard from one of your friends who's involved in one of these shootings. Check in on them mm-hmm. um, and ask them. You know. Uh, make sure that they're okay. Reach out to these people. They need shoulders to lean on and and uh, people to talk to. So yeah. that's that's with my experience with my army buddies. It's it's just important that you you talk to them. If you, if they start isolating, you really do need to reach out. Um, yeah, that's a great uh... and, and make sure that you ask the questions. If you think that somebody is is uh, is possibly thinking about harming themselves, you need to ask the question. Yes. Um, so that's important. Uh, that's great. And I, I appreciate you taking that. That's not the normal political question you <laughs> that that no. we talk about, but it's so important. And I think you, you have such a unique perspective because of your background and, uh, and again, just your approach to things. Uh, we, we've got just a little over a minute or so left, uh, Robin. And uh, so now let's look. Eventually, you know, everyone is going to start this pivot forward. Um, as you're looking at the uh, the Democratic presidential candidates, obviously there's going to be a debate coming up about a month from today. Oh, yeah. uh, we're just about four weeks out. Um, are there anything? Is there anything you're hearing in the field or from your sources, uh, people you're interacting with? Are there any little pieces of momentum under the radar that maybe we're not seeing from uh, from any of those 2020 candidates? Uh, yeah, under the radar, we're expecting for Beto or to actually pick up in the polls because of his response to this mm-hmm. in El Paso. Uh, so th- that's one thing. Uh, also, also, you know, our polling metrics aren't picking up what's happening with Tulsi uh, nor Andrew Yang because their their pool of voters are sort of outside of our parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just uh, this is what could totally upset things. There are two things that could completely turn everything up on its on its end. The, uh, one of them is Michelle Obama entering the race, which is being talked about, mm. um, which I had dismissed, but these shootings, with these shootings, she may be, she may feel, uh, you know, a moral, she may just be morally compelled to do that. Yeah. The other one uh, is Marianne Williamson uh, used to be um, Oprah's spiritual advisor. If Oprah endorses her, oh, it's going to be <laughs> A wild ride. That that may be the one endorsement of all endorsements that may actually really move the needle for a president. Yeah. Most of these endorsements I look at and they say, yeah, that's not going to change my mind in terms of endorsing. But uh, a, an Oprah endorsement might be significant this round. Indeed. <laughs> all right. Very good. And Michelle Obama, that's, uh, that is interesting. I had sort of checked that box and thought uh, that ship had sailed, that she was not going to even – entertain it but you're hearing it from a few, a few places then yeah I've, I've been receiving calls from some of the former obama people so because uh, i dismissed it entirely until i started to get the calls and then with the shootings i'm like oh gosh i, I almost could see it happening well we'll just have to see because that that would definitely turn things on its uh on its nose that so. would be a game changer for sure all right very good well, that uh, will do it for today. Robin Byro, thank you so much, as always, for your wisdom and insight on oh, all things political. All right. Keep making it happen out there. All right. When we come back, uh, we're going to pick it up, and uh, we're going to be joined by Tad Walsh from the Deseret News. Don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. 
But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.